Hey everybody, welcome back to For the Hell of It, a lifestyle podcast with everyday people where we talk about life and lessons learned while inspiring you to do things just for the hell of it. Today's guest is an old friend, Luke Michaels. Luke was in a life-altering accident as a teenager and throughout the last nine years has grown into an inspiring, hardworking, and kind man. I can't wait for you to hear his story. So let's get into it. Luke, Michaels, how the heck are you? Doing all right. How about you, Ellie? I am so good. Thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So I have known Luke for uh, probably over 10 years, I think, or right around 10 years. Um, His sister, Hope, and I um, are good friends. And when we were both living in our hometown, um, we became really close. And so I was over at the um, Alcacera Michael's house all the time. And I adore your family, all of you, especially your mother. Um, and I am just so excited for you to be on the show today to share your story. Um, but first I'm going to have you just kind of introduce yourself and you can share anything you want just about yourself personally, and then we will dive into the rest. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, like you said, my name's Luke Michaels. I'm 26 years old, live in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, as far as full-time work goes, I uh, work at Treadstone Mortgage, so I, you know, help new home buyers and you know, experienced home buyers, investors, all that get into their homes, which I love. Um, when I'm not doing that, I uh, really enjoy traveling, um, spending time with my awesome girlfriend, and um, also doing some motivational speaking on the side, just kind of telling my story and hopefully trying to inspire some people along the way. I love that. I, I So it was funny because when I had asked Luke if he would come on the podcast, he was like, yeah, actually, I'm getting into doing some motivational speaking. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is perfect. And like, I mean, I can totally see that being a great fit for you because you just carry yourself so well and you have a great speaking voice. So I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited to see where that takes you. So. If you just want to share um, about your accident and if you want to kind of just walk us through what happened and um, that day and then what kind of followed after. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it all kind of started back in uh, May of 2014. Um, I was at a friend's house and just uh, hanging out and, you know, uh, decided, you know, wanted to learn to, to ride uh, dirt bikes. And so, you know, started riding a little bit. And it was one of those things where it was just kind of like, oh, you know, hop on, figure it out. Right. Um, you know, and uh, you didn't really realize, you know, kind of to start that the bike that I was riding was, you know, so powerful and had been built and all that. So just, you know, start riding a little bit, going around the track, um, you know, through the woods and all that. And um, I, I think it was on like the third or fourth uh, roundabout uh, at the top of the track. I ended up kind of going around a, a turn. And as I was, um, you know, shifting gears, I Popped the clutch a little bit too quick, ended up going, you know, into kind of a wheelie, uh, one off the track and um, ended up hitting an oak tree. Um, And so, you know, when I hit the tree, uh, the bike ended up coming behind me and kind of pinning my my back to the tree, um, which, you know, resulted in me, you know, breaking my spine, um, you know, so getting a spinal cord injury from that, along with at the time, you know, had two punctured lungs, broken clavicle concussion, um, you know, and just all sorts of beat up. Um, so, yeah, after, you know, immediately following that accident, you know, it's just, I remember laying on the ground and, uh, you know, looking up at the, at the sky and just immediately, you know, this immense pain, you know, went over me. The only way I can explain it is kind of every nerve in your body firing at once, you know, because it, you, uh. all of a sudden you, 
you don't really know your body has no idea what happened to it right right, and, right. it's kind of in follow- shock right exactly yeah and following like that I you know immediately noticed that I couldn't feel my legs at all and um you know obviously that's kind of the most terrifying thought and then you know the, the craziest feeling you, you never expect to feel but right um after that I you know before I knew it I was on a um a helicopter on the way to I think it was Bronson in Kalamazoo mm-hmm. and uh ended up spending a few weeks there um in, in the ICU um you know when I when I showed up I was obviously in such critical condition that they you know told my parents that you know there's a good chance he's not going to make it um but you know after weeks of fighting you know multiple surgeries uh just you know going through it all you know I ended up um pushing through and got you know, uh, transferred to Mary Freebed in Grand Rapids. And that's where I spent uh, the next three months, you know, just trying to go through rehabilitation, at least to the point to where, you know, I, I could somewhat be independent, you know, just being able to, to learn to use a wheelchair, you know, to learn to um, just, just live, move, you know, move around a house, you know, cook, clean, just do it, do anything that you, you know, don't think that, you know, don't think about, but the things that are right. so different now, now yeah. doing from, from that level and from that, um, you know, new perspective almost. So, right. Um, yeah. So I don't even know if you know this, but, um, well, you probably don't know this, at at least this part of the story, but so hope called me, um, when you got in your accident and when, you know, the family found out and she called and said, can you come, can you come to the hospital? And I said, are you sure? And she said, yes, you know, we want you to be here. And so, I drove there and I was actually with your family when the doctor came out and said that they didn't know how oh you were going to be. And I, oh, wow. it was like a very, um, like it felt very intimate. Like I, I was like, okay, I'm not family. Like I probably shouldn't be here, you know, like at first. Right. Um, and then just trying to be there, especially for your mom. Like she was just obviously, and now as a mother myself, like I can't imagine hearing those words like from a doctor, you know? And so it was like, I'll just never unhear your mom crying. Honestly, it was like such a like earth shaking, like tragic moment, but it also in a lot of ways was like very humbling to be like, life is just so, so fragile. And it just made me realize Mm -hmm. like, I mean, it really did like change me in some ways. <laughs> That's weird. I'm not trying to make your accident about right. me, but no. like, it was like a very, um, it was just a very eye opening experience. And so watching you, you know, and we'll get into this, but watching you continue to navigate life and be so successful and just so happy and like thriving, just like fills me with so much joy. And I'm just so proud of you. So I just want to say that <laughs> oh, first you. and foremost. Um, but, and I actually, it's crazy because I, I didn't even think of the timing of this, of like when you had the accident and, you know, yeah. and then like me asking you to do this interview. But then weirdly this week, I had a memory from when I came to visit you in the hospital and it was pictures of yeah. us in the hospital. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. I didn't even think about that. This is like the time period of when that all was happening. So, um, yeah, it's crazy, crazy timing. It is. I know it was almost like kismet. I was like, oh my gosh, I did not mean to do it like this, but that is kind of ironic. Yeah, that was a sign, sign that we needed to do this. Exactly. So um, you are paralyzed from the waist down, is that correct? Yeah, so it kind of, you know, 
a little hard to explain, but when I was originally injured, it was kind of what they called T6 through T8 levels. So their thoracic spine area, right? So where you'd call or where you'd say, I guess, like just below um, your chest. So kind of where your, where your ribs start to end, okay. right? So, so that's where initially, um, you know, I was a complete paraplegic is what they called it, you know, and that, that means, you know, there's no, no hope, no chance, no nothing of getting anything back. Right. Right. And I mean, obviously when I initially was given that diagnosis, I, you know, told the doctors, you know, to, to screw off that, that, you know, I know I'm, <laughs> yeah. I know I'm capable of more than that, you know, right. so I, yeah. uh, you know, that's kind of why, what prompted, you know, ending up going to therapy for years after that to try to regain, you know, some mobility, some movement. And, um, you know, now I'd say it's, it's consistently, at least as far as, you know, uh, function and sensation, it's, it's consistently, you know, a little bit below the waist now. So, okay. um, you know, you know, kind of t- top of the thighs is where, you know, I don't end up everything below that. I'd say I have like, you know, virtually no function, but right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure exactly like where that had been. And I mean, it's funny you saying like you telling the doctors to screw off. Cause I remember that so clearly. <laughs> and I mean, you were, you were 17 at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Just turning 18. Yeah. 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 You were just shy of 18. So it's like, you think about it and you're like, you have all these things that you're looking forward to do. And you're like, hell no, like this is not going to be, you know, you're not going to tell me. And I do think that that attitude probably has attributed a lot to your success because you were like, I'm not just going to lay down and take a, you know, your diagnosis. So, um, especially I think your age probably helped you in a lot of ways at that time because you were so motivated. You were like, no, like (laughs) I'm not, (laughs) I'm not going to just like take that as it is. So what do you think? And like, what has been the hardest part, um, of your life now, like post accident and whether that's like just after the accident or even now or years later, just in general, what has been kind of the hardest part to kind of like adapt to? Yeah. So obviously, you know, after going through something like that, you know, you, you don't even really like know where to start adapting wise, right? Like you don't even know what's going to be different. What's going to, you know, be the same, how, how to navigate the things that are different, but I, you know, I think initially I just, just learning to just do simple, the simple tasks. Right. So like, you know, learning to drive a car again, you know, I ended up mm-hmm. getting, I ended up getting hand controls put in my car, but learning how to drive with those and, you know, breaking down your wheelchair to put it in the back seat and, uh, you know, um, cooking, you know, in the kitchen and just like, you know, learning to do things at such a low level. And it there's just so many things that you don't think about um, until you're in it and you're like, wow, like everything basically everything I have to do now needs to be adapted. It has to be done differently. Yeah. Well, it's really, I started thinking about it and I was like, the world is unfortunately like really, truly not set up in any way for those in a wheelchair or even those that are, you know, other abled or handicapped in any way. I mean, it's just like so many, like I was actually watching um, a show and this guy was in a wheelchair and he was looking for apartments and he was like, Mm -hmm. I need something so I'm able to, like, I need a washer and dryer that are front facing so that, because otherwise I can't get stuff out. And I was like, it seems so like, duh, but I truly hadn't even considered that. I was like, oh my gosh, like there's just so many little things like that. So yeah, I can't even imagine having to realize, you know, and you did, you were 18. So you ended up moving back home for a while with your parents. So did yep. they have to like adapt? I, I mean, I know I was there after, but I can't even think like, did they adapt the home to like fit your needs better? Or how did you guys kind of like manage that? Yeah. So, I mean, I got super lucky in the sense that the majority of my parents' household was, you know, on the first level, right? right. So the majority of all that was the same. Um, they ended, they did have to put, you know, pretty, 
pretty big ramp and since you know there were four steps to get in the house so you know that's something you don't think about you know having that built and arranged and you know um, you know permits pulled for all, all that stuff like you right. know so just having having that put in was um, you know obviously a whole thing in itself and then you know the bathroom the main bathroom on my level you know next to my bedroom was uh at the time not at all accessible you know so it was like four by six feet you know there was no way I was gonna <laughs> right, yeah. no way I was gonna be able to get a wheelchair in there and turn <laughs> right. around and you know so we uh you know they ended up pushing a wall out and you know into a closet what, what used to be a closet and extending that bathroom and okay. um you know and putting kind of a, a less you know a tub with a smaller threshold on it so right. you know just those those little things that yeah you don't think about you're like you know okay like oh my, my bathroom is no longer big enough to turn around in it and just you know those yeah. things definitely definitely take a lot more thought than you'd expect right I mean and, and that's what's kind of interesting about it too is like you know for you it was it was obviously most life-altering for you but it also for those around you like they had to right learn how to help, you know, in the beginning until you learned those things, everybody was learning with you at the same time. So right. I can imagine yeah. it was like a very overwhelming thing, but I know like with the family that you have, they were all like hands on deck, <laughs> you know, I know. They right. Were. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. That is, it's a crazy thing to think about just, just everything. I mean, like you said, driving and something I have mm-hmm. noticed is, um, and I feel like I've noticed this more since since your accident. And then, you know, my husband has a friend who is, who is also in an accident, who's in a wheelchair as well. And just like thinking through kind of little things, but like, we'll go to a restaurant and I'm like, there's not really a great way. Or like the bathrooms are on a separate floor or they don't, you know, just all of these things. And I'm like, this is just not okay. Like it literally fires me up. I'm like, this is crazy (laughs) to me. It just doesn't make sense. So I no, just, it doesn't. I just commend you for like not letting that stuff slow you down, but I just hope that in our lifetime things get better because it's just really not accessible in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> yeah, no, and I appreciate that too. But I mean, it, yeah, and I think it's it is crazy. Like when you do realize, like, oh my gosh, like you know, before you go somewhere, like, okay, are there steps to get in for one? If so, is there a ramp? You know, are the bathrooms on the main floor? Like you said, like yeah. you know, is is there a bathroom you can get into, you know, is there's just so many things about a place that you're like, okay, like it shouldn't have to be that many questions. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, it's, yeah. to just but it live. is, yeah. Right. But like you said, it, it's just something you, you know, you have to deal with and you know, you, you overcome and um, but yeah, it is, it is crazy when you start to realize that or, you know, whether you're in a chair or you have a friend that's in a chair. Right. So what were kind of, if you just want to share a little bit about like what your plans were before your accident and then what ended up kind of transpiring after your accident and how your plans kind of changed. Cause you're at a very like pivotal time in your life. You're, you know, 17 going on 18, mm-hmm. graduating from high school, wanting to go to college or not, you know, what, if you just want to kind of talk through like what you wanted and then what ended up happening and just kind of how that all had to change. Yeah. So, you know, it, like you said, it was a pivotal time. Um, it's, it's, somewhat hard to say as far as you know what did change in the sense that at the time I was you know I was working um like at a local you know uh, family camp you know doing high adventure stuff like zip lines and helping kids with that and uh, you know along with I had a small landscaping business um I would do as well so the majority of my work you know at the time was you know as it typically as with a 17 18 year old and it was just manual labor and you know right. things that things that you know there were no way I was going to be able to do after um the accident so um 
it kind of just all lined up though, I will say in the sense of, you know, after, you know, I graduated shortly after, um, ended up going to a college. I went to Aquinas College in Grand Rapids. Yeah, which, go Saints. Yeah, go Saints, which I know, yeah, you also went to as well. <laughs> yes. So, you know, there, there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of cool connections there yeah. and coincidences. And, um, but yeah, and that was one of the reasons, that, you know, I ended up choosing Aquinas to go to college was because I was like, hey, you know, I know a lot of people that went here, you know, it was one of the few campuses that I, you know, actually did tour that was, you know, pretty accessible at least. Yeah. And, you know, you know, and um, it just was just what I was looking for. So I, you know, ended up going there, had no idea what I wanted to do when I started, you know, at first I was like, okay, you know, maybe I want to do kinesiology and, you know, do occupational therapy just because I had, that's kind of what, that's what I was going through at the time. And I was you right. know, passionate about that, but, um, and I quickly realized that, you know, I just wasn't quite cut out for the medical scene, you know, <laughs> and it's just a lot of, a lot of things I would have had overcome to, you know, to be able to do that. So I, I thought, you know, if I'm not that passionate about it anymore, you know, I, I'm going to, stick to, you know, I ended up going for business and finance, which I've always been super passionate about, you know, hence, hence my current career. So, um, you know, I'd say, I'd say things did change in the sense that it was just growing up and starting to realize what I wanted to do, but, um, they stayed the same in, in the sense of my passions. Right. No, that's awesome. I, and I, I love that. I think I've, I've put myself in your shoes or I've thought about this before. And, you know, in the past when it was all happening, like, what I would have done, you know, because I think if at 17, 18, for me, I probably would have been like, you know what, I'm just gonna stay home for a while. I'm going to take a year or two figure just because I know my personality. I think that I would have maybe been, um, too, like, not, I don't know if scared, but just hesitant to like, put myself out there. And so I just think it's awesome that you were like, no, I'm going to continue on and I'm going to keep going and living. And, and that's part of the reason that I wanted to continue or I wanted to have this conversation was because I think a lot of people, whether they've had, you know, a spinal cord injury or whatever, but there have been people that have gone through life altering accidents or incidents or moments in their life. And sometimes it's hard to like see into the future or see that there is a future. So I think that right. it's awesome yeah. that you've kind of, you haven't let it slow you down at all, which is great. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I mean, yeah, it's, I think that was also one of my fears though, was that, you know, I'm like, okay, now I'm dealing with, you know, being a paraplegic. I have no idea, you know, what I want to do with my life, blah, blah, blah. I felt like if I stopped and at least, you know, if I let myself sit in it, if I took a couple of years off, you know, I worried that maybe I wouldn't ever go back, you know, right. and that, you know, and I never would, you know, pursue those things. So I think it was maybe my way of coping in a way too of, Hey, you know, if I don't do this now, if I don't jump head first right into this, you know, I, I might never, you know, I might never come out of, you know, that depression or that, you know, that anxiety and about all those things. Yeah. Um, this wasn't on my outline, but I'm just kind of curious. So you did mention you have a girlfriend who you've been with for a while now, correct? Yeah. Yeah. About yeah. three years. Okay. And she is beautiful by the way. <laughs> oh, thank um, you. So do you mind me asking, like, how dating as, like, a young, handsome man was and being in a wheelchair? <laughs> right. Um, so I think, it, you know, it was a little bit, it's kind of twofold, right? So I think for, I, I quickly realized, you know, it really all does depend on the person, right? Because some, oh, sure. 
you know, some girls, like you said, you know, like yourself at the time, you know, we're, we're still super, you know, interested whether, you know, the chair or not, you know, yeah. they, really, they didn't care. And they were just like, you know, it, it's, it, it's nothing to them, you know, and then there were obviously the other girls that, you know, it would, I guess it would take more, you know, a lot more explaining and, you know, they were maybe hesitant. You could tell, you know, no one ever said that to me, but, you know, I just, you could just kind of tell there might be some discomfort, discomfort there. So, um, I, it was just really for me about finding, you know, the people that were interested, you know, the girls that, that didn't care, you know, that they just, they saw you just like anybody else, you know? And, yeah. um, I think it, the fear it, itself was worse than the actual, you know, dating it scenario. Yeah. So I think it was more for me, the fear of like, okay, you know, are people going to be interested? You know, is it something that is going to be difficult? You know, what is going to be different? You know? And I think, once I realized and once I gained some confidence in myself and realized like, okay, you know, it, it doesn't have to be really any different, you know? No. Um, well, it, I know, was, I was just going to say too, like dating at that age is just awkward anyway. <laughs> like it doesn't right. matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's all like, there's just a lot of awkwardness in general. So that, that right. doesn't necessarily change. <laughs> right. No it just matter. didn't help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Right. I think that more than anything really was it. It's just like, you know, you're so young, you, you're not even really experienced in, you know, dating yeah. itself. At least I wasn't. Right. So right. I think it was just learning that dance and learning that dance in a whole new way. And, you know, realizing, explaining to people, you know, that you know, it doesn't have to be any different, you know, and you know, you obviously, you, you always get the question as well, of like, oh, you know, are you still able to have sex? Are you still able to, you know, do all that stuff? And, you know, just the, the really do awkward. Do people really ask you that? Oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe how many times in a bar people have come up to me and just asked me that. And you're just Luke, like, yeah. That is yeah, so dude. inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, but like, you wouldn't believe how many times I got that question. You get to a point where you just start like answering, like, yeah, yep, everything, everything still works. You know, you'd have to <laughs> kind of joke it off and just like play with it. But it's like, oh my you know, gosh, you, people was are kind of... so bold. Like, that is so strange. I would never walk up to someone and ask them that. <laughs> right. But it's like something that you realize is, is super common and way more common than you would think and that's in a way too of you know to probably the next point you know where you you know advice for someone talking to someone in a wheelchair you know I'd say yeah. is you know don't treat them like you know some sort of just uh you know some circus animal you know or something where it's right. like oh you know oh I can say whatever I want to them because you know they're in a wheelchair and that's like it seems like it almost maybe it's the awkwardness or maybe it's the, you know, people just not knowing how to navigate it, but it seems like people say things that they wouldn't if you were walking around in a way, you know? Well, that's okay. So now I have, I have a follow-up question. This is really getting my wheels turning here because so first question, are they mostly men or women that are asking you that? I'd say, I'd say it's 50, 50. Really? Oh my, see, I can see men like being like, just like a dude, like, dude, does it still work down there? You know what I mean? Like, I can right. totally see that, <laughs> which even then I'm like, bro, like right. that's inappropriate. But then like from a woman's perspective, if you guys are dating, totally different. Like, right. like we should, yeah. we need to have this conversation. 100%. Yeah. Like we can have this conversation, <laughs> but like just a random girl in the bar walking up and being like, so question, yeah. like that is so strange. But what other types, I mean, like you just said, like to not treat people any different, you know, in any sort of, you know, other abled person, whether they're in a wheelchair right. or they have, uh, you know, um, crutches or a cane or whatever. Yeah, what other kinds of questions do people, I'm just curious, like ask you or like approach you about? Yeah, I mean, it, 
like I said, I think in a way it just takes people's filters away. And I, you know, I, the amount of people that just come up to you that, you, you know, you've never met, you don't know. And they're just like, Hey, what happened? You tell me, you're, like, are you okay? Like, you, you know, why don't your legs work? Like, just like the crazy, like, Oh the, my the Lord. Really blunt questions that I think it took me by surprise when I was first in it, you know, in it that I was like, Whoa, like, is this normal? Like, you know, is, is do people just, do they just ask these things? Like when you don't know them or when you've never, yeah. never met them on the street, you know? And I think that was just, yeah, I think it was just, it's just surprising, but I think that's the super common question I got. And I, I mean, I still get all the time, you know, is, you know, like what happened? Why don't your legs work? And, you know, just yeah. like really bold um, questions, which is fine, you know, especially if you know the person, but it's also yes. like, Right. You know, well, and it's, I, that's it's what, different. That's what I was just going to ask you. So like in a social setting, like let's say I invited you over for a cookout and we were all hanging out and there's a ton of people that you don't know and someone's sitting having a conversation with you and they say, hey, do you mind me asking um, like why you're in a wheelchair? Is that more appropriate or would I mean, in my eyes, yeah. in my mind, I just probably wouldn't ask and not out of like. <laughs> awkwardness but more out of like it's really none of my business and and like I I think how my mind sees it is like my conversation isn't going to change based on that knowledge so like I can sit and hold a conversation with you and not need to know why you're in a wheelchair right right and I think I don't know if everyone's that maybe mature emotionally or you know have I, I'm not sure what the what the driving factor is, but I'd say, um, you know, my advice to people, you know, if they if they don't know how to, you know, navigate that or don't know how to navigate the conversation is just, you know, just it's so, so cliche, but I'd say just, you know, treat us like anybody else, you know, yeah. it's, at the end of the day, like you said, our answer on based on, you know, how we ended up in the wheelchair isn't going to change or it shouldn't change, you know, how your conversation goes and what you talk no. about. And, you know, it just, I'd say just, you know, treat us like you would anyone else. Well, and just like act as if the chair's not there because you're, you're right. not, you're, you're, yeah. you're just a human. <laughs> it's just so interesting to me. Oh my gosh. I, I guess I just wouldn't have thought that people are quite that bold. That's very interesting. <laughs> no, it's just, yeah, it's surprising. But like I said, it's just, you know, it is what it is. And you start to realize like, okay, that's just something you're going to have to learn to answer and do it in a way that hopefully, you know, doesn't make you uncomfortable. <laughs> it, right. Right. Um, so I guess my follow-up on that is, you know, a lot, I, I always try to be very politically correct. I'm always trying to, you know, would, yeah. would you say, like, use the correct terms. What do you prefer? Would you say that you are handicapped? Would you say you're other-abled? Would you, would you just say I'm in a wheelchair? Like, how would you prefer to be? And again, I don't know. This is another point that I, the only reason that I would maybe say like, oh, my friend Luke, he's in a wheelchair. We need to go somewhere that is handicap accessible. You know what I mean? Like that would maybe be the only reason. And it's interesting because, and I've told this story before, this is different. This is like a racial thing. But one thing that my husband has always, has kind of like taught me is Jordan has one of his best friends is black. And when we first started dating, he would talk about Sage all the time. And I had no idea Sage was black because he didn't need to preface that he was black. There was no reason to say, oh, by the way, Sage is black. Like there was just no reason for it. And so when I met him or saw a picture of him for the first time, I was like, oh, Sage is black. (laughs) And I, and it like kind of clicked in my mind that like he had never pointed it out because it didn't 
matter if he was right. black, white, Asian, whatever. And so again, I don't know that I, I, I don't know that I would ever be like, oh, my friend Luke, he's in a wheelchair. <laughs> like I wouldn't right. just like use that. And I think it's just a reminder to people, like just because you're in a wheelchair, that is not who you are. Like it is just how you get 100%. around the world. And so I just encourage people to really kind of like maybe take that and just think of it in all avenues, you know, but like, and same thing, like I, you know, with like maybe sexual orientation, I have a really good friend who's gay. I don't say, Oh, this is blah, blah, blah. He's gay. You know what I right, mean? Like, exactly. It's just not like, it's not something that needs to be prefaced. So, right. but what right. would you, what word or, you know, how do you like to describe your, like, yeah. what, what do you think is appropriate? I, I, I mean, I'd say, yeah, handicap is, you know, something that at first that, you know, made me uncomfortable, but you start to realize, you know, it, it's, a, it's just, you know, it's a broad term that at least kind of prefaces it. Right. But right. I'd say, you know, chair, just a chair user, you know, I, I tell okay. people, you know, when I, when I ask, you know, if the place is accessible, I say, you know, like, you know, am I able to get in, you know, just I'm, I'm a wheelchair user, you know, or I use a chair full time or just, I kind of use it in just a, I guess, yeah, just a non-derogatory way, right? Yeah. The same way that you would hope someone would, you know, with any other, um, you know, any other thing that makes you different, right? So okay. I'd say that's, you know, those things just typically don't bother me. You know, I think it, the negative connotation with the word crippled, you know, is something oh, though, that, you know, yeah. you know, I definitely think I, I, I don't enjoy. And I think everyone else I know that's in a chair, you know, hates that word as well. And I think that that's just, that's the only one that I can really think of that I'm like, okay, that's, that's, I prefer people not to, you know, call you that. Right. But I, right. the rest of them, you know, I, I never really have took any offense to, or you okay. know, thought, thought anything of it. I, I've never heard chair. I mean, that's me. I like that. I think that is like a very, it's, it, again, it is more about like how you use it, not who you are. It like changes, exactly. it like changes the connotation of the label, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. So 100%. I like that. Well, thank you for sharing that because I always, and I know everyone probably feels differently about it, but 100%. I just, yeah. I was just curious, like, cause I never want someone to feel like I am labeling them. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't want it to be like, Oh, slap on this word. And that's just like what it is. So thank you for sharing. I appreciate it. Um, so I guess if you had any words to share with someone who has also had a life altering incident, so whether it is an, you know, a physical accident or, you know, some other type of trauma, um, what words of encouragement or just ways to adapt and kind of continue your life, like encouragement would you give to them? Yeah. So I think first and foremost, you know, it, it gets better it does, you know, it does get better. Right. So I think, um, the initial shock and the initial, um, the initial parts definitely the hardest, but as you, you know, go on and as you, you know, learn to live again, and as you learn, um, your new way of life and, you know, um, hopefully, you know, learn to, to find some happiness again, you know, it, it, those good things return. Right. So I think, um, first and foremost, you know, it, it gets better. Um, second, you know, do not give up no matter, no matter what, you know, no matter what adversity you're facing, just do not give up, right? Because the second you give up, you know, it wins, right? So whether it's being in a chair, whether it's, you know, it could be, be anything, it could be, you know, family issues, it could be just anything that's, that's causing you, you know, harm, right? Calling, causing you stress. I think the second that you give up is when it wins, right? So I think that's, that's kind of the major thing that even when I do my, my speeches, you know, I talk to whether it's schools, churches, you know, camps, whatever it may be, I, 
that's kind of the main thing is it's like no matter what you're getting no matter what you're dealing with you know there's there's never an excuse to give up um you know and i think that that's i, I have a couple of friends that you know are also in chairs and that's that when i talk to them they're like yeah that's the number one thing that like it just like if it, if anything you know if anything that can come of this that's good then it's all worth it right so if we can inspire a couple of people you know even one person to not give up then then it was all wor- worth it absolutely no i love that and i think like having that outlook on life for anyone, you know, whether it's just you lost your job or you, you know, you had a spouse um, pass away or there's divorce or whatever. Like it's such, such an encouraging outlook because whether we want it to or not, like life goes on, you know, and and if you either choose to go with it or you choose to stand still and give up, like you said, and that doesn't mean that everything else stops with you, you know? So, exactly, and that's what's hard a lot of times when you're in those life altering, you know, moments is that you're like, dang, like everything's still going, like people are still living, you know, everybody else still has their things too. And so I love, I love that. I think that is just a, a perfect way of looking at, you know, any, any forward movement after any sort of trauma. So I appreciate yeah. you sharing I, that. I think that that's also in the sense of like, okay, you know, it, just because this is my issue and, you know, people see my my adversity right away, right? And mine's big. It, I don't yeah. ever want it to belittle other people's um, struggles, right? So like you said, it could be divorce, it could be family, it could be anything that, you know, is 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 causing someone, you know, that sadness or stress or I don't, I would never want someone to feel like, oh, you know, they can't share it or they can't talk about it or they're not dealing with anything because they're not in a wheelchair. You know, it's, that's never, you know, how I feel. So it's like, that's also why I love speaking to people and telling them about my story, just because it's like, if it can relate to them in any way, then, you know, then it's, if it can help them at all, then it's worth it. Absolutely. Well, I will make sure to, if you're cool with it, um, linking your um, social media, if you want, and, or if you have an email for like speaking events, if anyone listening, like, would love to have Luke come speak to their church or their, um, school, whatever, whatever it may be. There's a lot of people that listen to this that may be connected in some way that you could, um, cause I would love to see you continue to do that. I think this is like an awesome avenue for you and I think you're really good at it. And so, um, I'll make sure I get your info and I'll put that in the show notes for you. So if anyone wants to reach out, they can find Luke that way. Um, is there anything else that that you, yeah, of course that you would like to share um, about this or any other words of encouragement, anything we, we didn't touch on? No, I, I, I think that that's pretty much the major points. You know, you had, you had great questions. Um, oh, thank really you. Gl- really glad I was able to be, you know, be on the show and share my story. And yeah, like you said, you know, I, if there's anyone else that even, even if you just want to talk and hear my story a little more, or, you know, um, just, just learn a little bit more. Also, they can always just go to lukesarkeysmichaels.com and there's also a speaker request form there. If there isn't a, you know, an organization that wants to hear more, but um, other than that, I, you know, just glad I was able to share my story with you guys and perfect. You having me. Of course. Well, I have one final question um, that yeah. I ask everybody. So if you could do anything just for the hell of it, nothing stopping you, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Um, and there's no Probably. wrong answer. So whatever you're feeling. Well, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm huge into travel. So I'd say top of my bucket list right now is I really want to go to Bora Bora. So that's probably, that's, oh. that'd be num- number one is just a, a couple weeks in Bora Bora and just, just to get out, get out of Dodge. 
amazing <laughs> right but you should maybe wait and do that until it's like winter here like when it sucks here and yeah. then you can go escape Good that. Point. <laughs> yeah but that sounds amazing I think you should look into doing that would you go do you like to travel with your girlfriend or you travel with other friends or yourself yeah typically uh me and the girlfriend we, we have fun traveling yeah oh that's so it's always a great time well i'm sure she would love to go there too so maybe you should just start planning now <laughs> yeah yeah surprise her i like that idea <laughs> oh she would yes i love that well thank you for doing this friend i um can't wait for everybody to hear your story and i'll make sure like i said to link everything up and otherwise i will talk to you soon awesome ellie talk to you soon thanks so much all right you're welcome thank you Isn't he the best? Gosh, I just adore him. He is such a bright light and he has overcome so much. And through it all, he has continued to move forward and be brave and bold with his life. I hope you all learned something from this conversation because I know I did. I would love it if you would share this episode on socials or with a friend. I would love to spread Luke's light and wisdom as far as we can. If you know an organization that would be interested in having Luke speak, check out the show notes for his website where you can fill out a request form to learn more. As always, friends, thank you for being here. I'll see you next week.